It's episode two of six of the 2019 MLB season preview. This episode, we're taking a look at the AL Central. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And somebody roll the intro music. Welcome back to another episode of Bench Warming Podcast. Coming at you with episode number two of six for the MLB season preview. If you guys don't know what's going on for this, go ahead and take a listen to the first one, the AL East preview. And if you don't want to listen to that because you just honestly don't care about the AL East, you'll catch on as I go along. Basically, I'm going to go through each team, going to give some questions or some big important facts that are going to be coming into the season to see how it's going to affect them in the upcoming season. And then we'll go over projected win totals. Finally, I close it out by looking at who I think could be a potential MVP candidate from the division. I'm hitting all six divisions across six episodes, so sit back and enjoy the show. This time, we are looking at the lowly AL Central. In my opinion, possibly the worst division in baseball this year, as it has been the past couple years. We're going to start at the top of the division, and we're going to start with the Cleveland Indians. You know, there are some outstanding numbers for Jose Ramirez if you actually look at him over the past couple of seasons. He's not been the best, but he's played really well. And in this division, you don't need the best to win. You just need really well. And that's what he's done. He did struggle last year over the end of the season. And in the playoffs, he was non-existent. So that's big. I mean, it's important to get to the playoffs. It's nice to win your division and everything. But if you get to the playoffs and then you just suck, well, that's no fun. Another thing to kind of look at it is their starting pitching has always been a really, really big strength for them. You know, we sit back and we look at it and they have Corey Kluber. They have Carlos Carrasco, who has been good despite being hurt recently. They've got Trevor Bauer, who may not be everyone's favorite, but he does get the job done. He doesn't need to be a top-of-the-arm rotation with those other two guys. Last year, four members of their rotation recorded over 200 strikeouts, so it's going to be interesting to kind of see how this rotation goes forward because, again, like I said, in this division, which in my opinion is the weakest division in baseball, you don't have to go out and have an outstanding pitching staff. You don't have to have star arms one through five in your rotation to win yourself the title for this division. One big thing that I think is going to be questionable coming into this season for them is going to be their bullpen in the back end of these games. We have seen them kind of falter over the past couple of seasons. They're not at all what they were in 2016 when they went to the World Series against the Cubs. And now you factor in the loss of Andrew Miller. It's going to be really interesting to see how they're able to close out games and if they are able to close out games as successfully as they have in the past or if we're going to see them falter because they don't have some of these other arms. Next up on the list I'm going to look at real quick is going to be the Chicago White Sox. They tried to make a splash. I have to give them a hand. They are one of the few teams this offseason that actually did go out and try to put themselves in the position of winning a pennant and potentially you know, winning a World Series. However, they did not succeed. They failed to get Machado or Harper, the two big-name contracts. And on their current team, Yon Makata has not lived up to what everyone thought he would be coming into his career. I mean, he was a former number one prospect. He had all this hype around him. Everyone thought that he was going to be the next big thing, and he was going to single-handedly be leading the White Sox back from the cellar. He's just not panned out yet. That's not to say that he's not going to pan out. He's only 23, but it, it is 
something that you have to look at is, is it going to be plausible for him to take off in a situation like the Chicago White Sox? Or is it just going to be kind of the same old story where someone comes into a hard-to-win program, hard-to-win area, and just cannot get his career started until they get somewhere else? I'm not really sure. It'll be interesting to see him this year. He did get hit with an injury bug last year towards the middle end of the year and didn't really play as much then because he did get hurt, like I said. But we'll look at him going forward through the season. He will be a key as to whether the White Sox will be able to finish above 500 or below 500. Probably their biggest free agent signing of the offseason was Kelvin Herrera. Granted, he is recovering from a foot surgery he had back in September. He is expected to be fully healthy for opening day. This is former closer, someone who's pitched in big games and everything. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes for him. He did lead the majors in 2017 with 47 saves. So it's expected to see him come in and fight for this closer job. It would be a true shock if he actually wasn't the closer, at least at some point in the season, maybe not right off because he's dealing with this foot injury. But that is something to look at coming into the season is will this quote unquote big free agent signing for them, the biggest that they had, pay off in the long run or is it just not going to be enough still because they just don't have enough to be winning a game by the time it gets to him i mean there's no you can't save a game if you're losing the game anyways like that's just that is a big big key in case you weren't aware didn't know how baseball works saves don't count if you're losing and you lose the game as for the last kind of thing that i want to talk about they have someone coming in he was a 26 year old rookie last year daniel palka not sure if that's how you pronounce his name i think it is but he hit 27 home runs, like I said, and he, there was a minimum of 400 at-bats in the stat that I found, and he hit a home run once in every 15.4 at-bats. That put him in the top 10, and it's a spot right behind Aaron Judge. I mean, it's not the greatest because even if he's hitting all these home runs, they're still losing the games, but it's it's a step in the right direction. If you can combine what Palka can do and what everyone thought Moncada could do it's a big step in the right direction to get those first two solid bats in this lineup and start seeing some things on the offensive side for this team that's really all I've got for the White Sox moving on to the uh, let's go to Detroit next look at the Tigers you know Miguel Cabrera has been super consistent for most of his career and he was limited to only 38 games last year because he got hurt He's 36 coming into this season. Is he going to be able to bounce back from a ruptured bicep? Is he going to be able to have this consistent, important season from him like he has in the past? Or are we finally going to start to see that decline in some of these players that have really been the face of the MLB for so long and he would be the like the real star of this? I hope that we get to see him play well. I, I love watching Miguel Cabrera play. He's one of my favorite players to watch. But it's a serious question to think about coming into the season just because... Like I said, he is 36, and a ruptured bicep is not an easy thing to come back from in baseball. Speaking of coming back healthy, I think that someone that really stands to benefit from Miguel Cabrera is someone that we saw do really well last year despite having virtually no one around him, and that's Nick Castellanos. He was virtually the only person on this offense last year that was able to do anything at all. And with no one around him that could get on base via walk or hitting the ball, he still was able to get 89 RBIs. He had 23 home runs, which is a good stat. And he ate, he almost hit 300 last year. He hit 298. So 
having a healthy Miguel Cabrera, if he comes back and is able to post consistent numbers, post a good batting average and everything, should really help Nick Castellanos in this season and really see those numbers either balloon or at least stay pretty close to the same. The Tigers, one last thing for them, they did sign two starting pitchers, at, um, two veteran arms, Matt Moore and Tyson Ross, kind of helps round out their starting rotation. It brings in two more arms that should be pretty good as long as we see a healthy Michael Fulmer. The 2016 Rookie of the Year for the AL really had a disappointing season last year. It was cut short because he got knee surgery. So it's going to be interesting to see how Matt Moore and Tyson Ross are able to kind of come in and round out this rotation. I'm not expecting big things from the Tigers, but if they're able to kind of put these pieces together, they should at least be right around 500. I don't expect them to be above 500. I'll get to exactly where I expect them to be record-wise, but I really don't expect them at this point in time with their lack of talent to be above 500. Next up, we're heading over to Kansas City for the Royals. We're going to kind of look at things around the Royals, but the one thing that I think really is going to disappoint the Royals is losing Salvador Perez for the entire season. It's expected that he's not going to return the season. I don't think he will because he's having Tommy John surgery. And if we're being honest, if I'm sitting here and being honest with you, Salvador Perez is really the only person from the Royals that I like to watch. He's a fun baseball player to watch. He always has fun. He's enjoying the game. But now that he's out, I mean, it hurts the Royals more than they were already hurting. Billy Hamilton, big addition over the offseason. I think that that'll be interesting because... The Royals already had Whit Merrifield, who led the majors in stolen bases with 45 last year. Add in Billy Hamilton, who is pretty fast in case you haven't seen him and you don't know who I'm talking about. Billy Hamilton can steal and it's ridiculous how fast he can run. So at least on the bright side, we should see some interesting things on the base path from the Royals because they're going to have two great great people out there that can steal and can run like crazy. That's really all I have for the Royals. There's not much for them, like I said. They do have an interesting player who's kind of young, and I don't even know how to pronounce this name, but his last name is Mondesi. I'm not going to try the first name. It ends in Berto. If you want to look him up, it's like Adal Berto Mondesi. I think that's how it is. He didn't get called up last year until the middle of June, but in the time span that he was up there in this really poor offense. He hit 14 home runs and stole 32 bases. So add that into what we see from Billy Hamilton and Whit Merrifield. It should be interesting for them, at least on the bases, if not in the win column. So it's going to be a really, really sad season again for the Royals. I think, like I've said in general, this division is just one of the weakest, if not the weakest in the MLB this year. And that basically leaves us with the Minnesota Twins. They do have a couple of things to look at coming into the season. They had two huge disappointments last year. Keep in mind, in 2017, they made it to the playoffs. And last year, there was just, there were, there was a lot of disappointment behind them. Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano were both expected to be big players. They were both expected to be key players for this team that were going to have big years. They're posed for a rebound year, I feel like. And, you know, last year they were plagued by injuries. They had sub 200 batting averages. They're both fully healthy entering spring training, so it's going to be interesting to see how they're able to rebound this year, if they're able to rebound. I think they will. They're still young. They still have a lot left in the tank. And then, you know, we have Jose Barrios, who is 24 and is on the verge of ace status. He could be the next ace for this Twins pitching staff, and 
I mean, he is, as their number one pitcher, he is considered, I guess, the ace of the staff. But I think he really could potentially be the ace for a lot of teams if he can continue to do well. He had 200 strikeouts last year. It's the first 200 strikeout season for him. He's just going to need to be more consistent as he goes along and continues to pitch. That's really all I've got for the Twins. They do have Nelson Cruz now, but they, I mean, I'm not really sure. He's 38. Let's, let's hold off on the Nelson Cruz talk until we actually see him this year, just to kind of see if he still has what he used to have. Now onto the projected records. As it stands right now, number one in the division expected to be Cleveland, which is what I figured, 93 and 69. Then it's Minnesota at 83 and 79. Chicago rings in at third, 75 and 87. And then Kansas City and Detroit are both projected to be at 64 and 98. I, don't expect much change in this. I do expect to see it in that order. Cleveland, Minnesota, the White Sox, and then the Royals and Detroit being at the very bottom. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw four teams in this division with losing records. And I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland wins this division with 90 wins. Somewhere in that 90 to 93 win mark that they're expected. I don't see good things coming from this division. And it'll just be that simple. It was really tough to actually come up with an MVP possibility for this division. I landed on Francisco Lindor just because I feel like right now he has the most talent and has the most ability to actually put everything together to become a potential MVP. So that's really all I've got for these guys. Like I said, weak division again this year. Cleveland takes home the pennant. That's all I'm going to say on this. So until you listen to our next episode, which should be coming out in just two days on the AL West, Enjoy and peace.